Hey guys, welcome back to Nerd Talk. This is your host, Jordan Halstead, and I am so excited because we are back to recording. It, uh, we talked about this last week with the Thor Love and Thunder episode, and so we're recording tonight, and so we're hopping in and super excited. It's been about a month and a half since we were recording, and so getting back into the swing of things, I've got Micah and Scott. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for, thanks having, for us. having us. It's uh, nice to have nice to have the band together. I guess on the other podcast instead of the Scott Stedman podcast. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's fun because Scott's got his own podcast called the Scott Stedman podcast. Definitely go check that out. And so uh, every now and then we get to get the group from here over onto there and back. The three of us are on that one. Yeah, sometimes. And so it's really cool to see how how God moves those uh, people into our lives and we get to interact on each other's podcasts and things like that. So it's been really cool. So we're going to go ahead and, and jump into Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what, what were your guys' thoughts on this? Like overall or our thoughts going yeah, into it? Yeah, I mean, just like, like coming into it overall. What, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I'll start first because I'm probably going to get the most heat. Um, I think you're in a safe space, Scott. I think we all kind I don't of know. the same. I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't remember if we were doing it on podcast, but I made the comment. And Jordan, you'll remember this. I made the comment that out of the prequels, the third film was the worst one. And you about died when I mentioned that comment. Still not a fan of that comment. Wait, so, wait, wait, what was it again? Out of the prequels, out of the prequels, the third film's the worst one. Okay. So it's okay. And, to be I, and, wrong. I, and I signed to my reasons for it. And, and and just to kind of recap my reasons where I just felt like the the love the love story between Anakin and Padme was rushed. It just didn't feel authentic. And the best of those three were was I like I like two, and I have my reasons why I like two. But okay, keep going. <laughs> okay, real quick, I'm I'm gonna step in real quick because I saw this. <laughs> no, no, and and I think I think it's gonna help you with with your reasoning on here. So you said that the love story felt rushed. I felt the love. So for example, I felt the love story was rushed, and I did. It wasn't believable. I felt like the chemistry between Hayden Christian and Natalie Portman wasn't great. Um, I also felt like that Anakin's turn to the dark side. I just felt like that was rushed too. I felt. I like would agree it, with that. I felt like it just kind of. They wanted to get to the point where we do the big reveal of him being Darth Vader and the no, <laughs> that whole part, which made me just go, "Oh gosh, what the heck did I just watch?" Well, you get but, to the first. Uh, you get through the first like thirty minutes of the film in Episode Three, Scott, and it's like, um, you know, uh, you're not going to be master, and he's like. Well, I think they're idiots. Why? Why would they not? You know, make yeah. a master like. And I mean, in a sense, I think he was right. Um, but then, you know, they kind of pushed him towards that. And then, like, you get to the point where he meets up with Palpatine, and that's like, huh, well, we know where this is going. And it was just like, yeah, from there. It, yeah, I, yeah. So, so coming into Obi Wan, there was a part of me that's like, okay, can this series? Can this redeem, for me, redeem the third film that I thought was absolutely not great, uh, the prequels? And the answer to that is yes. Like, I really enjoyed the series. I really enjoyed the relationship between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader and just those interactions. I thought they were well done. I thought the pacing of the series was really good. Um, And at the end, like, because my son's kind of watching and he's kind of starting at episode one and kind of going through so um which that's another story about my disappointment in that but um, <laughs> but um 
but yeah, I think, and, and actually I was just talking to a guy here at the seminary that I'm at for my doctorate thing. And he had a younger son, he's 10 years old. And he said that, you know, after they watched Obi-Wan together, he said that he likes the prequels a lot better because he watched Obi-Wan. He went back and watched the prequels and he likes the prequels a lot more now than he did when he first watched them. Interesting. So, so back to my, my comment that I was trying to make. Mm-hmm. I think that the reason that we don't like it is because it was not stated, but Anakin is an immature, emotionally unhealthy person. And so with the amount of power that he physically has, it's not in check and he can force people to show him emotions and show him because really there's almost no chemistry. There's no reason that these two characters should like each other. Like, like he kind of has this crush on her, but he needs this, all this love. And I saw someone who posted that they said the reason that she fell in love with him was because he manipulated the force to a point that she felt that she had to love him. And like, like she didn't even know what was going on and he manipulated certain pieces to where she showed this unconditional love to him. And I'm like, I don't know if I like that, but I could totally see where, where, where power that's unchecked and And unbalanced. And I think that's a good theory, but you also have to be able, if that's kind of the direction the director wanted to go, you have to play that out. And if you don't execute it that way, then you're always left to everybody theorizing, well, was it this, was it that? And, or is it just because again, you know, Hayden Christensen was still a young actor so a lot of it could just be his acting ability and just being able to have that range. And sometimes you can't, and some act, some young actors can do it well and others cannot. Yeah. Well, and I, I wonder if that was something that's just kind of like, kind of like how we keep building off of Age of Ultron. You go in and you say, hey, like this is, we're continually getting better because we have groundwork that was laid. And I wonder if that's like where they'll go moving forward. And they were like, oh, hey, this is a great idea because- well, it kind of makes sense, but it was never stated. It was never implied. Nothing like that. Mm-hmm. It just kind of kind of looks like, hey, this could be a really good, really cool theory. Michael, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on Obi Wan? Yeah. So, so before that, I think those are all great points, arguments, conversation pieces. Um, something that I read today, or it was a conversation that I had yesterday uh, with some of the guys I work at uh, work with, um, were they they brought up a great point, like they're already talking about a second season of Obi-Wan and it's kind of like, you know, how can you uh, continue this story without having to, or without having uh, been there, done that. Right. And it's, it's, it's hard to continue to retell this story. Um, And I think Jordan, you mentioned this a little bit, like you're kind of over the, the Skywalker thing. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's, there's so much, there's always so much you can do in, in this, this story. And I think, um, you know, going to, to Obi-Wan specifically, I, I enjoyed the series. Um, I would probably say that it was, uh, it was up there, but not as good as Mandalorian, but it was way better than Boba Fett. And, um, but even like, I don't think it even holds a candle to like Bad Batch or Coin Wars or anything like that. The series, the animated series. Um, but well, I'll I, say I'll say the animation. You can go so much deeper, yes. and you can like animation versus live action. It's way more difficult 
the budget is not even comparable. And, and like, I mean, look at the eighties. Every time you wanted to sell a toy, you created a TV show to sell your toy. Sure. And then so, like with, yeah. Yeah. So like, I, you know, I would agree with Scott. Like there were, there were arguments that, you know, this series started out slow and then it got better, but then he, Scott specifically enjoyed it from start to end instead of Haga pacing. Um, I think Disney, and we talked about it in the Thor Love and Thunder episode, Jordan, you and I, that Disney and Marvel, they've been doing this a lot with their miniseries where they they will tell the six-part story and they won't really tell you the story until like episode five. And then they play catch-up in episode five and then, then they got one episode left. And so I felt that they did that with Obi-Wan, um, which I you know pushed, uh, pushed a little against what Scott said. I, again, I like the series, but I think also that they, I think they did that on purpose, right? Cause they did that with, with, or they've been doing that with Mandalorian and I hope they continue to do that with season three of that show, but like the old school star Wars, slow storytelling. And I think maybe that's why they did it the way they did it in Obi-Wan. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the series from start to end. And actually before we started recording, um, I watched the first, a couple of the, the episodes again, just to kind of prepare and kind of do like a refresh, but because um, I watched it as it happened. And, you know, Jordan, you said at the top of the episode that we've been kind of on a hiatus and we had pre-recorded a bunch of content ahead of time. So we haven't really got a chance to talk about Obi-Wan. So I watched it as it came out, watched it week by week by week. And then, so I've been rewatching it. And something that I'm learning about myself uh, in my older age is that I'm enjoying series and I'm enjoying these movies more the second and third and fourth and fifth time that I'm seeing them versus the first. I feel like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as guys who cover this uh, content in real time that we just have to go and we have to see all the Easter eggs and we have to go and we have to see what's going to happen and what's been revealed and what, what actually happens and who dies and X, Y, Z. And, but then perfect example of that for me is, is multiverse of madness. I went to see that again, the second time in the theater and it was way better the second time. So uh, I'm learning that too with, with Obi-Wan, but I enjoyed it the first time too. What did you think Jordan? I very much enjoyed myself. Um, <laughs> like, here, here, here's the thing. And, as much as know, Morbius, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay? <laughs> um, so, so, so we already brought up Age of Ultron, Scott. I had to bring yeah. up Morbius. So, so here's here's where I sit, listeners. The older I'm getting, the more I'm starting to realize my taste is changing. I am enjoying things for what they are, not what they ought to be in my head. Um, I feel like we often say like a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie needs to be this and going through and like living the prequel series as those came out um, as a child and then going into the sequel series as a young adult I hated the sequels but I think it's because in reality I just had this high expectation that they were going to continue a story that like Luke Skywalker and and Han Solo and and you'll see some Force Ghost Ben Kenobi, like like something you'll you'll get some of that there. And I felt very disappointed by it. And in 2022, I'm sitting there watching, and I'm like, let's see what happens. So like Morbius, one of the reasons I really really enjoy Morbius is not necessarily because it's this amazing film, but because I see what was given to us, and I just enjoy what what I got. Um, and not everybody has that mentality, and and that's okay. Like I may have a quote unquote terrible taste. Thanks, Will. Um, so, you know, I, I, he's called out my taste in film on that one. He's like, I can't believe you like that. And I, I give him a lot of crap and, uh, 
I've watched it three times and going into this, this series. Um, I think there were certain parts that I wish weren't there. Um, but overall, I, I enjoyed what they gave us. Like I'm trying to just enjoy the Mandalorian and trying to enjoy my time with like Obi-Wan Kenobi, the book of Boba Fett. Like I really enjoyed book of Boba Fett and I know not many people did. And so for me, I'm, I think it literally just comes down to, I'm just trying to enjoy what is given because sometimes like I just need to de-stress and I want to enjoy what characters are coming in. Like, unless you're pushing an agenda, like I'm probably going to like your film. Um, yeah. And I think with, with, uh, mm-hmm. with, you know, the Marvel series versus star Wars, I think with both sets, you know, obviously they're under the same umbrella with Disney, but like, I think that you're going to get hits and misses and not everybody's going to like everything. And that's okay. Um, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the same for movies and that's the same for series. But I think with Obi-Wan Kenobi, they, they hit it out. They had a home run. Um, I think, and I think Jordan, after I watched the last episode, I texted you or I called you and you were doing your travels. But I, all I said on the phone really quick was, this is everything I wanted in the prequels in a six-part series. Yeah. And then some. Well, and, and I'm going to kind of move to the next piece of, it recapped the original or the, the prequels very well yeah. leading in. So if you have not watched the prequels or you're a little bit rusty on it and you haven't watched the series in a while, I think the recap did very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so for like, for hardcore Star Wars fans and, and like even us as, as people who review this stuff and promote this stuff and say, hey, let's break it down. Let's, let's discuss this stuff. What did you guys think of the recap and the beginning of the show? And for hardcore Star Wars fans, was this needed? Um, do you think that, because like we were talking, Micah, on the Thor Love and Thunder, like the recap kind of was a miss in, in some aspects and, and a hit in others. And like, it just kind of depends on, on your taste with how they did it. But with this, do you think that the recap was needed walking into this series? Yeah, I, I think so. And, and, and I'll say that because again, I think, and this is mainly just talking about your diehard Star Wars fans who absolutely, you know, they see four, five, and six as, you know, their mecca. And then anything before that and anything after that is garbage. So in order to have a series, having that, especially if you're like, man, I don't want to have to go and watch Jar Jar Binks again in episode one, or I don't have to do, you know, you don't want to have to put yourself through some torture. So having a recap and really just kind of hitting it, because what it does is, especially what a good recap does, it's going to kind of show you what has happened before, but also with the clips that they showed, it's also going to say, okay, with the clips we choose for the recap, that's also going to be a storytelling device to kind of tell you about what some things you're going to expect in this series. It helps set the tone. It sets the tone, exactly. Okay. So, yeah. so that's why it's important. So if you have a good recap, it's like, well, I don't really have to go and watch one, two, and three because, or even I don't even have to watch three. I can kind of say, okay, I kind of know a little bit of the story. And now I can get into this series and feel like I'm caught up or at least have enough information to really enjoy this series and be able to tackle all that. Absolutely. Michael, what about you, bud? I would agree wholeheartedly. And, and I, I would say that the three of us are pretty, uh, you know, up there on the, the spectrum of being hardcore Star Wars fans. I, is that, is that a fair assessment for the three of us? Um, 
I think that that was, um, I think what Scott said was accurate, right? It was, it was, it was a much needed palate cleanser before they dive into the first episode to see what we're going. Right. And it like, it wasn't like they just did episode three. I think they almost encompassed the entire prequel trilogy. Like they, they talked about how Anakin was a boy and how he was the chosen one and kind of Obi-Wan's introduction. And they, they did a like a wide recap instead of just like, okay, here's what happened at the end of episode three before the Obi-Wan series. And I think that that was, that was needed from a, I guess, from a perspective of like, Hey, maybe it's been a long time since I've seen episode one, two, and three, or it's been a while since I've seen episode three. Um, and yeah, it's a good marketing piece. Right. And I think they did that too, if I'm not mistaken with, with Boba Fett, right. Like before the series started, they kind of did this like rehashing of like who Boba Fett is and the last time we saw him and, and things like that. Did they, do, I think they did that. They did, they did yeah, that they with did. some Mandalorian season two stuff. Yeah. So like, that I think this is going to be Star Wars new new thing because, you know, Scott's got a Scott holds your son, seven, and he's like he's t- we've talked about it. Uh, you and I have talked about it. Like, you're he's getting into the Star Wars movies and he, you're he's getting a little bit into the Clone Wars series and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, it, it's good to have that recap piece because you know they're not going to understand everything because we're to the point now with Star Wars. It's not just episodes four, five, and six, it's four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine, solo, uh, rogue one, clone wars, rebels, you know, all that stuff. And there's more stuff coming down the Mandalorian, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) What's that? Knights of the old Republic. Like, even if you want to get into the games and the books and stuff. Yeah. The games. I mean, there's a ton of games. Jedi fallen order. But like, my point is like, uh, you know, there's just this, this, you know, we need to have some sort of cl- uh, clarity going into some of these shows because, you know, uh, there's a series coming out later this summer. I think Endor is coming out, maybe. Right? Endor so. and um, Bad Bad yeah. Season 2 comes out in September. But with Endor, like, I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to watch it and I'm excited about it. But like a little bit of context would be nice. So we talked about that in the Thor Love and Thunder 2 episode, Jordan, where, uh, you know, we need some we need some vision <laughs> to know where we're going, right? Yeah, so, we need to know the direction of what's happening. Yes, so absolutely. And I think that Star Wars, to be honest, Star Wars is going to be a lot harder to manage than Marvel because are you going to stick in the Skywalker era? Mm-hmm. Are you going to go into the Old Republic? Are you going into the High Republic? Are you going to go into a future where it's it's post the sequel trilogy? Are you, like, wh- where are you sitting? And where are you sitting? Because... Are you going to sit inside the inner, the mid, or the outer rim? Or are you going to be past the outer rim? Because, like, in the uh, – we talked about this on Comic Book Club. The High Republic, they, uh, they, they were scouting out new planets, and they were going way past what the, the current outer rim of what we understand it to be. So, like, there's, there's millions of planets out there, and there are only so many in the Republic. And then well, it's can, the outer rim. I can do you one better, Jordan. Why is Gamora? Well, <laughs> that was good. Um so, you know, we, we touch on this briefly in some of our episodes, but with the legendary John Williams coming back to write the film score, what did Woo! you think about the music and the series? And, and this is definitely geared towards Micah for this question, but yeah. what, did, what did you think about the fact that, uh, that, that John Williams came back? I was 
pumped. And the fact, like, we'll talk a little bit about and a little bit with Leia and her character um, in this series, but like, dude's 90 years old and still pumping out film scores. Right? Very good, amazing film scores at that. Yes. And, you know, everything from, you know, we could just, his resume speaks for itself Harry Potter, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, Mrs. Doubtfire. Did he do Jaws? Yes. Like, there's just so many iconic films that he's done music for over the years but i think probably his most notorious would be star wars i mean i would adventure to say that um you know from the beginning of the original trilogy and then like asking him to come back and do the prequels and you know even you know the seven eight nine like he just he just crushes it he just continues to crush it and like um not that i'm the biggest fan of seven eight nine but like some of the stuff he did and those films was just amazing. And they, I would go out on a limb and say that they were better than the films. <laughs> uh, he just, you know, and he was in his eighties when he was doing those. So yeah, props, big, big, big props to, to John Williams and the fact that he's continuing on a sidebar. I don't know if you guys know this. I know Jordan, you, we've talked a little bit about maybe getting some, uh, some special guests on the podcast, but have you, are you guys, uh, and the know that they uh, started a podcast for Boy Meets World called Pod Meets World. Are you familiar with that yet? I did not know yes. that. So you need yes. to do a deep dive. But they had Mr. Feeney on, William Daniels on this last week. Dude's 95. And he he's still very, very much with it. And his wife is 93. And she was on that episode as well. Um, they've been married episode. 71 years. But they're in their 90s and they're still sharp as can be. So like, back to John, <laughs> back to John Williams for a minute. Like... It, Yes. I mean, it's just the man's iconic. He's just That's amazing. He's just still writing music. And the fact that he he's doing so is just incredible. Um, yeah. And I, and I thought specifically with, with, uh, with the Obi-Wan series, like there was, yes, there was some new stuff that was written specifically for Obi-Wan, but like, it sounded like he, he revisited some of those old themes within the prequels, specifically with like an episode three and, and some of the episode two stuff. Um, it was just a nice touch. Um, like, I'm a huge music nerd. And I mean, people obviously know that because of the people that are around me and know who I am. Uh, I pick up on those things really, really quickly. Um, and I noticed yesterday, and we're going to do a Miss Marvel episode later, but like in the Miss Marvel episode, who I don't even know who did that film score, but there's part of the theme in the last episode that sounds like it's hints of the Avengers theme. Mm-hmm. And so like it gets revisited. And it's like all these years later, it's still iconic. And if you can pick up on that, like it's it's just John Williams 101, right? You're revisiting some of those things. And Michael uh, Gacino, Why the wheel. Right. Exactly. And Michael Gacino, yeah. who did the Jurassic World movies, basically took what John Williams did in the Jurassic Park trilogy and reinvented it a little bit and added some stuff to it. And so obviously he had John Williams' blessing, but yeah, he's a great film score composer too. But yes. In Kenobi, there was just some really cool, like even at the very beginning when you see his name and it kind of blows away in the sand, like that little clarinet lick or the bassoon lick, that's really, really cool. So Scott, what did you think about John Williams, the Mr., the Maestro, the iconic, legendary John Williams in this series? I don't think I can add anything more to that than you did, Micah. Like <laughs> it's it's Did well, I geek I mean, out I, too much? No, I no, it's I mean, but it's good stuff because yeah. you for someone who has been in the movie score business for years yeah. and not only movie scores, he's done everything. I mean, he, I mean, his Olympic theme is still, yes. played. 
from 1996, that whole theme is still going on strong. Like, I mean, it may be different like overseas, but, you know, even watching the Olympics this past, what was it? The Summer Olympics wasn't this year, was it? I don't know. COVID messed everything up. I don't remember when it was, but you can still hear that. Like, it's good stuff. So, I mean, the fact that he's still doing it at his age and that he still is in the right mind to be able to take those little intricate sound scores he's done in past films in the Star Wars franchise and be able to kind of add a little tinkling here and kind of interweave it into some new stuff. I think it's just great stuff. Uh, Jordan, I forgot. I forgot um, Indiana Jones as well. And oh, yeah. the original Superman and he did um, Saving Private Ryan. And there's just so many that he covered over the years. Like you said, his, his resume speaks for itself. E.T., Home Alone. Like, <laughs> sorry, I pulled up his Spotify account. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I forgot about this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, you you had spoke about how with with Leia, uh, I want to transition over to her real quick. We got a lot of young Leia in this series. What did you guys think of the performance that she gave? What did you guys did you think that she was a necessary character? Do you think that it was from because we we've seen three, four, five, six. We 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 know Leia, uh, and even into the seven, eight, nine. Like we we know the character of Leia. Do you think that she was an integral part? knowing what's going to happen in episode four like do you think that she needed to be the catalyst that brought him back into the fold or do you think that that was like do you think she was necessary yes i i do like and and i'm sorry i didn't scott i didn't mean to like jump on that but like i i i i think that yes i think that she did um and the reason i think that was if you look at it from the perspective of like episode four um we get like a young teenage Luke and it was really Luke's story. Yes. They had to go save the princess from the death star, but it was Luke's story about learning who his father was being trained, trained as a Jedi. And then, you know, you get a lot of Luke in seven, eight, or I'm sorry, four five and six. And, um, you see, we talk about it in the Marvel episodes that we do at nerd talk a lot, the sprinkling in, they sprinkled Leia in a lot through all of the movies. Um, but, we never really got a lot of the young Leia. We got a lot of the younger Luke, like if that makes sense. And then with, with uh, regards to Obi-Wan and his series, I, I enjoyed it. Like I thought like, man, we're just going to get the same old story with Luke and you know, Luke's going to get in trouble, but no, it was Leia. And like, it almost felt like Leia was like, Luke's out there playing in the sand on Tatooine and he's an easy target, right? For the Emperor and whoever else that wants to kidnap him can go do, right? But Leia was guarded. I use that term loosely because we see her get kidnapped early on in the series. But like, she's in a, she's in royal royalty, right? And so she would think that, you know, and that was a friend, my friend Chad at work, he was, that was his gripe was like, why was it so easy for them to get Leia from, from where she was? And, you know, in the royal family and all that stuff. But, um, I enjoyed this girl's performance. She's legitimately 10 years old, right? And so she she played a 10-year-old. She was 10 years old. And I thought that she did really, really good. And um, I said a little bit ago that I have went back and I think I watched like maybe the first three episodes. But she, was, she looked at Obi-Wan at one point. And she's like, how old are you? <laughs> like there was those little moments where she was really, really witty, really funny, really charming. And... Um, 
like even like the whole hairdo and her outfits and things like that was very Leia, like older Leia that we knew from the original movies and stuff. But yeah, I thought it was a good approach. It was different. It wasn't Luke. It was Leia. And I think they, to- they did a good job of telling her story. And I think it was necessary, Jordan, to implement her story and kind of give a backstory where it wasn't just Luke. It was more, um, more, more Leia. And I think it was needed. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I you probably think know. the you probably think the exact opposite of what I just said. Well, no, I, it's it's one of the things where it's like, well, how do you get, how do you get Anakin and Obi Wan to face off? If Obi Wan's in hiding, how do you do that? And if Luke's kind of in hiding, and you're kind of already in the first episodes, kind of like um, Owen being like, you know, don't come around here, get away, get away. Um, you know, you have to do something that's going to have to draw Obi-Wan out to do something. And from what we kind of understand within this setting, you, you have to either use Luke or Leia to do it because you don't really know because who else is there going to be that's going to pull Obi-Wan out of hiding? So I think it was a smart move. I know I read somewhere recently where they had to change the script because it seemed like the relationship between Obi-Wan and Leia was getting too familiar with um, with the Mandalorian and Grogu, like very similar. So they're like, well, we have to reframe this because we don't want it to be, well, it's Obi-Wan, but it's the same story as Mandalorian with that relationship. Yeah. So I think in in some ways, just having her kind of have her own sass and seeing her own skills and kind of not always being the one that has to be protected, but she can hold her own, I think um, kind of showed a little bit of not only her personality, but I think when you see Leia older, played by Carrie Fisher, you have that sass. You kind of have that rebellion, rebellious spirit. You kind of have a lot of those same uh, characteristics. And I think that the young actress was able to say, well, if Leia was a kid, here's how she would behave. And just kind of, and I think it was very believable to watch her portrayal of Leia and go, you know, I can see that seeing an older Leia, I can actually see. Once and Scott, that. it was like, all we got, all we knew up until this point was Carrie Fisher. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, I don't like that Leia was the focal point for as long as she was. I liked her. That's don't fair. Don't get me wrong. That's fair. I, I think that mm-hmm. if the first two episodes were, it brought him out of hiding, and she was saved, he got her back, but the Empire used her as the, the bait that got him out, and now he's on the run. And then, like, he has a couple epic duels with, with Darth Vader, um, I think that would have been way cooler. And then, like, him finding out about the secret Jedi tunnels, I thought that was really cool. Um, I thought that was, was, was just genius of the whole, you know, there are other guys who are out here. The catacomb portion, when he runs into that, I was like, I want more of that kind of stuff. I want to know, like, because what, uh, if, you, if you stop the, the scene where you see, like, one of the Jedis that are, like, right behind him, um, if you guys, you both have seen Clone Wars. Have you seen it all the way through? Yep. Okay. No, I have not. I'm still watching it with my son. So, where where are you at in the series? Uh, we're still on the first season, episode five. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, so so it's it's a little. So ways. not very far. There, there's an episode with Ahsoka where she's 
lost her lightsaber or something like that. And there's uh-huh. this old Jedi that has like this cane and this wooden cane. Do you know who I'm talking about, uh, Micah? Yeah. He's the really old guy. That was him in the back. Um, and I'm like, okay, that was cool. I want to see more, more of like what happened. Where are these guys going? What's the and like I want to see him have to take things out. And I loved the way that they they brought certain movements in and things like that. But I don't think that Leia needed to be a part of it. I think that she could have been the catalyst to bring him out. And because by the time that you hit a new hope, I personally think that w- the story's already set. That's forty plus years ago. You can't you can't go back and rewrite a new hope. And, and release it. Carrie Fisher is already is already dead, so you, you can't even go back and get like her full likeness the same way. And so, when you look at how they they handled it, I'm like, she says, Obi Wan, you're a friend of my father's, and I feel like at the end of this series, she would say, Hey, Obi Wan's an old friend of mine. And I feel like in the in the thing where they just go through that, I'm like, ah, I don't need. I don't think you were needed as much as, as they, they focused on you. And I'm hoping that season two will be more of a Obi-Wan on the run series. So box on the run. No, anyway, I, okay. So what did you guys think about pacing of this show? Um, like, well, I want to, I want to make a comment about the oh, layout. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I want to, cause I think I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying at the same time, one of the, underlining themes was the idea of children's innocence being destroyed by the empire. I mean, from um, Anakin slaughtering the Padawans to understanding that that's where the third sister came from, that she was once a Padawan that, you know, um, to now you have Leia who's, you know, kind of in this bubble and so much, and now she's kind of on this adventure. So it's almost like, you're trying to, even though she's witnessing some of the horrors and everything that's happening and even just the torture, you know, kind of in some way being in a torture device and everything else, you have to look at everything and say, okay, this is kind of a big theme. And, and even, I mean, I hate to say it, but even when you look at the um, kind of the Skywalker, the, the I guess the post elegies I don't know what we're going to call them. Um, but there was still that same theme, especially in, um, episode eight, where you kind of saw the end where the kids are there and they're, you're going to kind of oppressed, but now they're standing up for themselves. And it looked like they never did anything with it in episode nine. It was just like, eh, we're just going to not play that part, but I oh, think where the kid has the broom and he looks up to the stars and all that. Yeah. 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 And then nothing happened of it because, you know, it's the. Because there was no direction. (laughs) Yes. And it wasn't by J.J. Abrams. So Rain Wilson or Rain Johnson did his own thing and they didn't like it. So they just redid the whole flat thing. Yeah, right. Anyway, that's a whole other episode. Anyway, so I mean, so yeah, I think, I think, um, yeah, so I understand what you're saying. Like we could have easily did it. Had her had her saved and everything, but I feel like we would have missed that kind of that connection between Leia being a kid and everything with Anakin and even kind of the third sister and kind of, you know, because that's something a little thread that kind of ties all that together. I, I can see that. So moving forward with the pacing portion of this, some would say the series started out slow, picked up towards the end. We're stuck in this rut. What are your guys thoughts about the pacing, how it went? 
did you like how it was? Would you have changed something? If so, what would you have changed? I like Scott, I think you Scott, didn't you say that um you thought that the pacing of the show was decent? It I think it was decent and I mean because that's the hard thing about pacing and, and especially in film because in theater pacing is always going to be depending on the cast how they feel the stimulus that you're giving and taking from each other so you could have a show that could last two hours and you know if sometimes the pace it could be it, be, it could be longer it could be shorter depending on the interactions I think the pacing was all right, or I kind of believed it because especially the first couple episodes, there was that struggle, just kind of that internal struggle with Obi-Wan. And plus you need the pacing to go slow because there was a lot of sub stories. I mean, if it was just solely focused on Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, yeah, the pacing's too slow, but you had to do with the third sister, the seven sisters. You had to deal with Leia. You had to also deal with the whole thing with Luke and Obi-Wan's relationship. So there was a lot of sub stories that was within this series. So you almost had to, at the very beginning, slow down the pace, really establish them. So like, even like with the whole Luke and Obi-Wan thing, that was kind of like set up pretty briefly in like the first episode and then you didn't hear about it until towards the end when you're now back on Tatooine and you're still trying to figure that stuff out so I think um so I felt the pacing was fine for what it is as regards to storytelling I get the criticism that it was too slow because there's sometimes where I'm just like okay yeah let's get to the action a little bit um but you have to kind of create that mood before you can get to the action or it just kind of feels like I'm now watching an action film, which I'm not watching more of a sci-fi slash kind of a drama series. Yeah. Um, I would agree. I watching it the second time. I, I like the pacing better now. Um, and knowing, you know, how they do things with like Mandalorian and other Star Wars projects, they they tend to do that on purpose where they they take you on that that ride, the Star Wars ride, we'll just call it the Star Wars ride, where they go a little bit slower on purpose and they want to get your attention and everything's very methodical, right? Um, we talked, Jordan and I talked in another episode about just how Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, whoever, I mean, it's all under the Disney umbrella, Um a lot of these miniseries, Scott, like are six episodes and episodes one through four tend to drag a little bit and you know what's coming. And it's like, why can't we have this? But by the time we get to five, there's like this big cliffhanger. And then six, it's like they try to cram as much much action and high intensity as they can into one episode and oh, we're done with the series. Like it just seems like that's been the trend lately, uh, in my opinion. And um I would argue a little bit that, you know, they can do some of that action from the get-go, right? We saw that in Multiverse of Madness, even though it was in an alternative reality. We see Doctor Strange literally running, like, as soon as the first scene hits in Multiverse of Madness. Um, Is that fair? Jordan, what do you think? Yeah. Um, 
And I'm not saying everything has to follow that model. I'm just saying that, like, I, I feel like the last several series that we've been seeing, they've followed that model. Yeah, I think I think we're changing into this era of TV and whatnot because streaming is different, and Disney has always done Disney Channel, Disney Junior, Disney XD, um, ABC Family, ABC, uh, Freeform, whatever, whatever their series are. They were. 20 some episodes a season or i will say that too jordan really quickly that i've i enjoy the six episode model or the nine episode model because it's like it's 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 there and intrigues your peak interest and then it's done i I think that's where we're at is we're hitting a story point that it's not about the length of the series as much as it is the story you're telling like i think that flash on the cw has really struggled because they're so focused on We've got to hit our 23 episodes. And I'm like, is that on? It's like 20th season now. <laughs> uh, they start season nine this fall. Oh, goodness. And I, I'm sitting back. I'm like, I was really excited to hit 10 seasons. Like when it first came out, because I was like, man, this is great. But you're not telling the right story. And I think Disney has hit this piece that they're just hitting the right story. Well, you and said that it. with Arrow. You said you liked Arrow the series, for example, but they just went way too long with it. Yeah. And I think that it's, and honestly, I think that they just went the wrong direction with some of the stories. I yeah. think that had you done like a, you grabbed some of the comic book stuff and gone that way. And I think that if Star Wars, if they decide to go longer seasons or whatever, just grab some really good storytelling um, and like grab ones like if, if there's like stories because they, they have the extended universe. If you find a story that you really liked and you have like against Thrawn. And so you have like against Thrawn and then you have a second series that like as soon as you defeat Thrawn in this portion, then it feeds right into the next story in the extended universe. Like do them both at the same time because it's just one long story. Like that would make sense. But I like how six to nine episodes, depending on what the season is, like WandaVision had nine episodes where all, where all these are all like hour long and you're getting six episodes. I like that. Plus it keeps my attention. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not lost at like, oh crap, yeah, that did happen at the very beginning of the series. Oh yeah, I, I forgot they did that. So, um, did anything in the series catch you guys off guard? Was there anything that was like, oh man, like that was awesome, or whoa, didn't see that coming? I would say two things. And Scott, I don't want to take a lot of your time because I want you to really speak into this. Um, okay. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I just feel like I don't want to be like saying everything and responding uh, in real time. But like the first thing I will say was like the, the oh, wow moment for me was when when Kenobi found out that Anakin was alive and he thought he was dead. Like that was just for me it was like like and I don't want to spoil Clone Wars, but there's moments like in Clone Wars and Jordan and I've talked about this, but like at the, the very end of Clone Wars when you know, you find out about, you know, you find out certain things when you're like, wait, really? Like that aha moment. So like when Obi-Wan finds out that Anakin is alive and then they kind of pan to, to, to Anakin in the tank and he does the deep breathe. I'm like, it's about to get real. And that's where I can kind of cut him some slack on that slow build in the first couple of episodes. Cause you, you're wanting that moment with Vader and, um, Obi-Wan. And the other thing is like how much of a BA they made Darth Vader look like in this series. Like, I don't think we have seen that at this point. Uh, oh, like when he's walking down the, the walking the through the town. village and just snapping and people's just... necks. 
the I straight, was like, like he just straight up was murdering people left yes. and right. And I'm like, that guy's a bad mamma jamma. Yeah. Well, at the, if you guys have noticed at the beginning of all the episodes, now they're like some some material may be sensitive to those who are watching it. And so like my wife's like, I think we were watching. I don't remember what we were watching the other day, but she's like, when did they start putting that on there? I'm like, probably when Darth Vader started snapping people's necks. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, what did you think about? So like, I, I would say that was probably the more shocking thing because I think the whole entire time in my mindset was, well, Obi Wan has to know that Anakin is alive. Yeah, or is he so disconnected from the Force at this point? And and that was and I and that's the thing because I think the one thing that I liked about was Obi that the, the story kind of the underlying story of Obi Wan's disconnection with the Force. You know, he's he he wants to try to talk to his old master he can't especially the scene when he does have his first encounter with Darth Vader and he's like dragging him through the fire and he's just weak it's like and he, I know I know I saw some criticism like oh well how come Obi-Wan's just allowing him just drag him through this stuff I'm like because he's disconnected to the force and especially for me being a pastor and being kind of in that whole spiritual religion realm you know if you're not connected to a higher power and you're not building that relationship then you're, you're not going on your a game to, then you're not going to be on your a game you're not going to have you know you're just you're just it's you're just not going to be feeling it and i think that was very realistic to me and i liked kind of that subtlety where you see it but then you finally get towards the end where obi-wan is starting to get it know, back get it back and they starting to have a tune. And then I think kind of the, um, you know, and then of course, you know, spoilers if you haven't seen the series, but then one of the very final moments in the series is now he's talking to his master yep. through a force ghost because he now has that connection. Well, and, and Scott, like not to turn this into the Scott Stedman podcast, but like <laughs> I, I went to a ministry conference years ago and, and the, one of the speakers was like, you're, your uh your public ministry starts with your private ministry to the lord and so like Mm -hmm. along with that you know higher power conversation like it starts with that communion communion we talk a lot about it and you know bible studies devotions whatever podcasts that we do about you know the community and with your people and the communion that you have with god um and so yeah it's important so like you see that struggle early on with obi-wan and and how he's trying to like balance what he once was can he do this anymore should he do this anymore should he just remain hidden as he talks about in the series like it's pretty it's pretty deep spiritually if you think about it uh-huh. i uh i think that for what caught me off guard was just the immense power that darth vader had like to see hmm. that like i knew that he was an incredibly powerful character but to see that and just to see the whole like fight me kind of thing like when he's like ripping things off the, off the walls and he's like throwing the coals down and he's like lighting things on fire and he's ready to kill Obi-Wan. Like he is that mad. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh shoot, dude. Like I like, so, so you guys, I, I know that Scott's going to know this guy, uh, Don Myers, um, huge God. star Wars fan. And so shout out to Don. He's never going to listen to this, but, um, no, he won't. but, but with Don Myers, like, I remember him telling me that in the extended universe, there's one episode or or one book that literally Luke is on a beach 
and it's some planet that's got like waves and things like that like and there's this beach and he can feel a force presence darth vader's been dead for who knows how long but he's got this presence and he feels like something's here i know that my father had a had a base and years later he is still looking for this base and it's invisible because the force has projected like a, a cloak over it that darth vader was that powerful and that like even after death the force is still being manipulated enough into that and i was like that's different that's that's really cool i like the way that they do that but to see it be played on um i'm just like oh man him just like snapping necks and and ripping people out of situations and then like him pulling down the ship and oh, i yeah. was like and, and they saw it coming so yeah. they had the second ship ready and i was like that was just it was really cool to see just that one person has that kind of power yeah and, and I, I think even oh and i was just jumping i think even with just darth vader's power you kind of get a glimpse of that in rogue one yes like i think because i think even when i'm sitting in the theaters watching rogue one and a guy who literally stood in a line wrapped around the building to see the first Star Wars and watching it with him and just being in that dark room and you just see the red lightsaber glow and you see the silhouette of Darth Vader and he's just boom, boom, and they're playing his music and he's just like, you know, killing all these people. And it's just like, whoa. I mean, I'm just like, whoa, this dude is one bad man. But then you're also like, dude, it's it's... I love the whole movie. And then that was just like the icing on the cake. Like that, it was just like, man, no wonder that's probably like one of my favorite, like kind of side stories of the Star Wars movies. It's because, not because Darth Vader made it better, because you could probably have Darth Vader and throw, just adding Darth Vader into something doesn't always make it better. But, <laughs> but, but Mandalorian, Mandalorian 3, we're going to throw Darth Vader in there. <laughs> Please, no. Um, but no, like, I, I just think that Vader was brought in very well into this series and just that, that was something that caught me off guard. And I think the hate that, uh, uncle, what was uncle Lars, uncle Owen, uncle Owen, um, uncle Owen. Owen, Owen Lars, um, he had, he hated, um, hated Obi-Wan. Like he was just like, just the snarkiness of like, you trained his father. And like, I was like, Oh shoot, dude. Like you're coming out swinging. Um, you, you woke up and chose violence today. So that, that kind of thing, like I was not expecting. Um, and I thought that Obi-Wan would kind of keep his distance, not try to love on Luke. Um, so it was, it was a little different there. So, uh, well, as we kind of wrap this up, uh, I want to know, what do you want from the series moving next? As there's talk of a season two, what would you like to see? Do you want to see like Darth Maul? show back up because like he's with the crimson uh is it the crimson tide is that what they're or crimson the football dawn. team no 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 the crimson dawn that's what it was um so like th with with the han solo series you've got the crimson dawn you've got um like qui-gon Jinn's back because he showed up as a force ghost do you want to see some yoda um like communicating through the force like what would you like to see and and what story would you like to see kind of play out moving forward ah <sighs> You know, I feel like this is this is probably going to sound bad of me, but I almost want to see a story that doesn't have any connection to anything I've already seen. I mean, and and the, for an example, you know, 
I liked Solo as a film. I was shocked because I thought Darth Maul was dead. And when I saw him, I'm like, wait, huh? And then some guy had to explain to me, oh, yeah, in the books, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, well, I didn't know that. So that kind of threw me off a little bit, like, what? Um, so having a story, but when you look at Rogue One, it's kind of like no one similar. And then you just kind of have a Darth Vader appearance. And then you have a Leia appearance that kind of shows the blending from that film into episode four. So almost something like that in a series, like something that I'm not used to, something that I haven't been, something that's not well known, but then also kind of be like, oh, like I would really like to see how this section of the Star Wars universe first kind of ties into something I've already seen in the timeline. Okay. Micah? Yeah, so... um... I'm really not sure. Like, I, I think maybe more of the story of the Inquisitors, because you get that in Rebels. Um, uh, just kind of, obviously, the the Grand Inquisitor didn't die in in this series, uh, so they're very much a thing. Like, I feel aside from the Third Sister, like they went by the wayside in the first season. Um, I would like them to kind of come back and kind of make give us more uh, of a story. Uh, of of their um, their reasoning to, to to their allegiance to Darth Vader and the dark side, and uh, probably that. And then um, I don't know. I would be okay if they didn't do another season. I know, like some people, because like there's only so much. Like I said earlier on, like there's only so much you can do. I think if I was going to see what I want to see, I, w- I, I just w- I want to see, honestly, him communicating with Qui-Gon Jinn in the Force. And because there, there was a, a post I read about a, two or three weeks ago that said that the reason that their fight is no longer like the jumping around and all this is because they are growing in the Force. They're growing in like how they are learning to anticipate each other's moves. So that by the time that a new hope happens, like he knows, like the, these, like those those like small movements, they're anticipating what the next move is going to already be. Well, two, so Jordan, you mentioned Yoda, right? Like, yeah, he's not dead at this point. He's yeah, just no, in he's, solitude. Like, what's he doing? Well, and that's that. Like, I hope to see a lot of communication, so that like, yeah, there's like the the Grand Inquisitors may come after him again, or he may run into another like rogue Jedi that's running around trying to figure find his way. Like the, the guy who died at the very beginning, maybe he, he runs into the, the rogue or the rebellion, the, the initial rebellion again, whatever he does, I want to see him more focused on like in tune with the force, learning how to do force projections, learning how to do like some of the other force abilities to talk and communicate with Yoda, um, to talk with, with Qui-Gon Jinn, things like that. That's what that's what I think would be really cool. Um, so that way, when we get to the point of A New Hope and he he sacrifices himself, and then we see him physically in Empire Strikes Back, I think it'd be cool to know, how did you learn that? Because um, that's not a trait that every Jedi learned. And so mm-hmm. just, to, just to see kind of where they went with it. So, well, guys. Or what oh, if ahead. we, or what if we did Ray? hear me out. She's in a ship. She gets sucked in a black hole. And then who ends up finding her is Captain Kirk. 
interstellar meets this hodgepodge mess get that out of here all right <laughs> i'm kicking it back to the black hole galaxy far black far away. hole sun all right so guys thank you so much for being a part of this i had a lot of fun with this episode but the time is closing out so uh thank you to all of our listeners uh for supporting us for loving us and listening each week we encourage you guys to go check out us on TikTok. We have a lot of fun each week. We try to post roughly daily. The summer's been kind of hit and miss, but we've had a lot of fun. And I think that Scott even was talking about starting a Mario Strikers Nerd Talk League. So that was talked about on the TikTok. So we'll see what happens with we'll that. We'll see but- what happens. No one really wants to hit me up on that. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. And guys, keep checking us out. We would love to uh, to get more information from you guys as Uh, what kind of questions, what kind of topics you want us to hit. So definitely hit us up on our Gmail account at nerdtalkwithjordanhalsted at gmail.com. Just send us a, a message, and we would love to be a part of that and get you guys involved. So thank you so much, and we will catch you guys here next time on Nerd Talk. Bye bye